Yeah. We're going to start it off now? All right. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of the Unwise Index, an index of all things unwise. Uh, I am one half of your host, Akshay. And I'm joined Monic. By Mon- joined by Monik. Um, yes, sir. We are coming at you from one half of the same locations. I'm in London right now, a little bit jet-lagged. Monik, you're in New York? Straight out of NYC, baby. New York. Nice. Uh, so this week... Uh, uh, the entries into the index include Monik's recent fascination with mechanical keyboards, um, which, like, I noticed there's a trend between, like, I will have been interested in something at, like, a low level, and then you will come in and be, like, <laughs> way more interested in it. And so, like, unhealthy I, fascination. Un- unhealthy, like. and, like, actually teach me a bunch of stuff about it so, like, you can continue that trend with mechanical keyboards. And then, of course, the Apple event, which happened this week. Um, there's a lot. I don't know all the details. I don't imagine Monik does either, but there's some high points we can talk about. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the live stream, so I know a few tidbits, but it's funny yeah. how our, like, our love for Apple has dwindled over the past few so, years. Like, I, I came yeah. from a Windows fanboy. You were always an Apple fanboy, if I can use that term. At least, uh, at least uh, when I started in college, I was a, I was sort of like an I had like this reaction formation thing going before. I hated Apple like in high school, but I think I really liked Apple. Yeah. And then it turned into like an honest love. Yes, at the beginning of college, <laughs> an honest love. That's good. Honest love. <laughs> well, okay. So for keyboards, like, what pill do you want? You want you want the blue pill? You want the red pill? And and see how far this rabbit hole goes. Like, okay, let's just like let's zoom out and like let's say what was your so you have been into like you know modding your headphones and yeah. I think like like. I don't, know, I don't know what what you call that particular like niche of tech subculture where you, like you want to actually like hack together your own stuff. But like for some reason or the other, like keyboards had never been a thing you were that interested in for like the first six years or seven years that I knew you. So like yeah. what sparked your, what's what like sparked the interest in keyboards? Yeah, so like I've always I've always liked DIY stuff. I like building things. Very rarely do I get to like build something and, and create something in my day to day work um, in terms of something physical. So that's always been appealing. Second thing is I'm always kind of looking for the best product of something. So I'll put like hours and hours of research into something before purchasing something. And it happened to be that for keyboards and for headphones, uh, when I was researching for hours and hours, like the exact thing I wanted wasn't there. I had to go build it. And then the third thing is this weird, like I want to make like mementos. Like I want to pass down yeah. like my no, keyboard and my headphones to other people, like my kids or my brother's kids. Like who knows? Like what are we going to hand to our kids, dude? Like our like additional pictures? Like there's nothing gotta, to hand over. You can now export your tweets in bulk. So yeah, it's like seriously, I give them a CSV of my emails. Like there's nothing, nothing there. So there was like a couple of reasons that I got interested initially in the headphones. And I built those headphones and that we can say that probably for another episode. Um, but for the keyboard, well, first, I, I, in this new office space I'm working at, I was working. And I heard these clicks and clacks from behind me. I'm like, man, that sounds nice. Well, sounds, <laughs> like some, sounds, sounds like someone is doing work sounds, behind me. So, yeah, someone's getting work Putting done. Putting in work. And then I, I found out this guy um, uh, works just a couple of tables behind me, had something called the DOS keyboard. Uh, yep. Something called a mechanical DOS keyboard uh, and blue switches. So I, I'd known mechanical keyboards in the past. I know they were usually pretty expensive, and I was hesitant to like ever entertain buying one, mainly because I'm like, yeah, my keyboard works fine, you know. Uh, I'm still owning noobs and games. I'm still getting work done. Like I don't need another keyboard. Like a a bad worksman like horrors with his tools. Sweet, we get a, we get to have our first. Uh, <laughs> we're back. We get to have our re re uh, Skype connection. Oh man, podcast. come on, Skype. Why has no Skype. one figured out damn video or call? If you're a listener, sorry that this happened, but I'm sure it's not the first time you've experienced this on a podcast. Yeah. Um, Skype just, uh, 
You, you were just gone. Like you didn't the call didn't yeah. even disconnect. You well, I was I was like, talking and, and I was like I was like well, wait a minute wait a minute and then I looked on Skype it's like reconnect I'm like God damn it Skype. Sorry, you were saying you Anyway, so yeah, in the office, like look at here in this keyboard, click clacking, didn't have a previous interest in it, but then I started looking into it. And I came across the Reddit forum, Mech Keyboards on Reddit, and this other thing called Mech Market on Reddit. I started exploring, and like, another reason why is like, I noticed that I was getting strain around my thumb when I was typing for prolonged periods. Oh, yeah. and, and people were like, oh, this is like a precursor to RSI or carpal tunnel. And what you can do to improve this is get, you know, a nicer ergonomic was, keyboard. Or Was this keyboard. on the on the MacBook Pro keyboard? Yeah, this is on using Mac, like, right, the MacBook Pro 13-inch um, okay. uh, on that keyboard. So I was no- noticing this pain in my thumb on my right-hand side. And I'm like, maybe I should look more into a keyboard. Uh, one, it'll, it sounds like it's more enjoyable. I've always enjoyed... Uh, the travel distance or the action of the keys. So that's like how long, how much you have to depress the key before it registers the registers an action. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I started going into the Reddit uh, forums and then I started learning a ton about keyboards. And there's this huge DIY subculture of keyboards where people are posting their keyboards and keycaps and all this kind of stuff uh, in these forums and getting feedback on it. And as a primer, let me give a primer on the parts of a keyboard, right? And the, the different things you can customize to give you a sense of how I built mine. So first Number got, one, keycaps. No, no, I'm going to start from bottom top. So I'm going to start okay, just, just with the size. So the keyboard itself. So people don't realize there are a ton of keyboard sizes. So you got, you got a full-size keyboard. You got a little numcat, numpad and like uh, a separate um, arrow keys uh, away from the actual letters themselves. So that's 100% size. Then you cut something 100%. called... Yeah, 100%. Then you got a TKL, 10 keyless. This is what you usually see. It, it doesn't have a full-fledged numpad, but it still has a, a smaller numpad and arrow keys to the right-hand side. And then you have a very small version uh, keyboard called a 60% keyboard, which is literally just, no numpad, just your letter keys and numbers, and no function row. And you can even go smaller than that, which are just custom DIY 45%. Then, then you're just getting crazy. Then you're getting into, you're getting into madness. Yeah. Then you're getting crazy. And then like major manufacturers build the 100%, the 10 keyless, and the 60% yeah. pretty frequently, like 60%. So, so which, which, one did you, which one did you use before? Which one do you now have? And this is the thing. Like when I started researching, I'm like, I, I was fully planning on just buying a, a regular keyboard. I'm like, I, don't, I, I had no intention of building something. Is, is there such DIY. a thing? Yeah, it's like, I was like, all right, let me just buy something nice, you know, hopefully it reduces my hand strain and it'll feel nice to type on, it'll be kind of unique. And then I, I came across that the 10 keyless, the width of it is pretty large and it was larger than I wanted. And then, so that size didn't, couldn't work for me. And then it's 60%, the other major manufactured one, doesn't have a function row. And like, I don't use the function row that much, but... <laughs> they're honestly the main reason I wanted a function row was if I ever go back and play Starcraft, like I need a function row. So, I mean, like, it's a good thing to have. Like, I, I use like, the, the uh, shortcuts and stuff. Yeah, I've like shut the door on Starcraft, but like I don't want to completely shut the door. Like if I ever do go back, you know, run up a game, I want to have yeah, function rows. Could always just use a different keyboard too. I could. <laughs> I, could I could. Yeah, uh, but I wanted to have like a. I wanted something that meets all my needs. And then I came across there's the type of keyboard called the 75% keyboard, which is basically in between. You get the benefits of a really small 60% size, but you yeah. also get the function row. So those are the sizes. And then you get to the main thing, which is the key switches. So mechanical keyboards 
are built, you know, with mechanical switches. So the types of switches that are out there are uh, your usual dome switches, which is what most people are used to typing on uh, on most keyboards. Uh, then you have switchblade switches, which are what really what Mac keyboards use, which is like a, a hybrid uh, of dome um, and, and mechanical. Uh, so it's a switch keyboard. And I believe the new Mac keyboard, when we'll get to it, they introduced a new switch completely. Um, that was one of the new tech they built for the, uh, the keyboard for the iPad Pro. Um, then you have something called Topre switches, which are those yeah. really soft switches. Then you have electro-capacitive switches, which are mechanical. Are, are the Topre ones the ones that sound like raindrops? Yeah, when yeah. you hit them, like I know someone's like, listen to this, it sounds like raindrops, and I'm like, you know a lot about keyboards, but yeah, yeah it does sound like raindrops. <laughs> yeah, Topre, Topre, Topre is very expensive. Uh, and then you have the main mechanical keys, mechanical key switches, and they're different yeah. brands, you know, you got Cherry MX switches, you got Gatoron switches, all of them have So I, I use the, so I, I, uh, I've borrowed now for eight months, you can question whether or not it's actually still in the realm of borrowing, uh, a DOS with blues, like a DOS Pro oh, yeah. with Blue cherry is it cherry blue switches? I believe yeah, it's cherry, cherry blue. Yeah, cherry's the and most that I I love I love the keyboard. Um, it's like like you said, it's like the, the the tactile feedback. Like you feel like you are doing work, like you are hacking the Gibson. But like now that I sit in a um, like I, I sit in like a more of an open space, I'm a little bit paranoid about how loud it is. Like because I, I tend to like machine gun on my keyboard when yeah. I'm typing something out. Like I'll just like go for like a minute, minute and a half, just straight. Um, and it's a surefire so way to get people annoyed. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's always like I kind of cleared it with the people around me. I'm like, hey, I'm going to have this really loud keyboard. hope you're okay with that. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But like you still catch the glances yeah, and they're like, yeah. like, yeah, like you're, all, you're just always on guard. And I'm just like, you know what? I can't, I can't be about this life anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have the um, – I don't know what it is. I think they said it wasn't a mechanical switch. It's the uh, Kinesis Freestyle 2. It has like yeah. – um, it feels like nice. Like like the, so like the travel's really nice, but I think it's still like a rubber mat under – Underneath or whatever, like it's not a it's not a mechanical switch, right? Um, right. Yeah. So I think it would, it, 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 would, it would still kind of get like uh, you know not a great grade from people who are really into keyboards, if I had to imagine. Yeah, and in yeah. the mechanical, like you said, the blues and there's browns, there's blacks, there's whites, there's reds, there's greens. All of them have slightly different characteristics to them. The main things uh, are really some of them make a clicking noise, and the clicking noise is when the actual key is registered um, by by the computer itself. Some of them are purely linear, linear, meaning that you press down and there's no tactile feedback. It just goes straight down and you bottom yeah, out the key. There's no discrete click. Right, right. And the other uh, main characteristic is some of them have uh, no click, but they still have this bump. And when you go past the bump is when the key is actually actuated and registered. There's people who like to type and are typing as a writer uh, or like shooting out emails usually like a bump and like the click. Because you can get yeah. some recognition. Some people, it's nice. use, it's, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's really nice. And then for people who game a lot, they like the linear keys because you can just like smash it and bottom out the keys and like just go back and forth, and uh, it works really well that way. Um, yeah. So those are the key switches, and then then you got to decide on keycaps, dude. And then that this is a whole other world. <laughs> like, oh, back to key switches. No, it goes it goes deeper. So people, it goes deeper. It goes deeper. With each key switch, then you can put something called O rings on them. Um, oh, I've so heard about this. O-rings, and you can even weight them. So mine are is, actually weighted. Isn't that the same term they use for some shit on spaceships? Like, no joke? Oh, maybe. I don't like know. Like, the O-rings blew up, and like that's why one of those, one of those oh, yeah, uh, rest in peace, one of those spaceships blew up. Like, it's like the O-rings weren't set properly. Like, yeah. you're telling me these are the same. It's probably the same technology. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it just, like, it, it just reduces uh, <laughs> force you to press down uh, on, and then I'll, reduces I'll, the sound as well. PSA, I'm not actually valid. I'm not saying this is. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> rocket I'm not, scientists, I'm not, dude. Rocket scientists. Rocket scientists. 
<laughs> I'm not like capable of saying it's the same technology, just joking. Yeah, so you got these O-rings that you can put on on each of the, each of the caps, uh, each of the switches, sorry. Uh, and that reduces the sound and, and just like reduces the amount of pressure you put in. And then you can weight the keys as well. So you can put like small weights and if you want if you want more force to press down on the actual key. Um, so there's like a lot of variation there. Uh, and then you have the key caps, which is basically you know the thing you put on top of the switch itself that sits on the PCB. Mm-hmm. And these are customizable too. So not only is like most people can see that you can like change like the colors and what the, the kind of the thing that's written on them. So I have non-printed keycaps, so you can't really you don't even know what what letters they are. You just have to touch type and figure it out. Um, but people see, I have those too. I have, I have it without. Le- I have yeah. like yeah, the one that I got has yeah. letter caps. I, I kind of like it because it looks like cool. But sometimes like I'm like you know I really need to be able to see like where the where like the left bracket key is i just don't know it it's like you know you're just like in, in a mode sometimes where it's like it's really helpful to have like a visual indicator on the keys of what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah and then yeah. people custom mold like crazy keycaps for like their favorite tv shows to favorite games whatever and put them in places um and then after that you know you got basically your entire keyboard setup and then you got to decide you know what type of setup do you want on the actual keyboards layout so like most people are used to a qwerty layout you have dvorak layouts you have a lot actually a lot okay. of different layouts and shout out to anybody still using a Dvorak layout in the year 2015 like I know it was I know it has some cool qualities to it like the key like your the distance you're supposed to travel is supposed to be minimized or something but it's like if you if you're use if you have like the flexibility to use a Dvorak setup actually if you have the ability to switch between them on the fly then I'm jealous that's pretty cool yeah no that's um, sick I mean but the thing is like but, people don't realize QWERTY was developed for the uh during the typewriter age and uh, the reason it was set up that way is like they didn't want people to type fast enough because it would jam the damn typewriter. <laughs> so like they just repurposed that, and like now people actually like calculated what is. Is that true? Or is that is that like an urban? Is that an urbane myth? The fact I, that like, didn't want <laughs> I heard it from someone who heard it from someone, but I think it's it sounds accurate <laughs> it's, enough. It sounds it like sounds, somebody on the Reddit on the subreddit is like. Yeah. You know, Cordy, this is just a conspiracy to make his type slower. So we should change it and I'll use Dvorak. <laughs> but then yeah. it gets even crazier. With all of this, you can split this bad boy up. You can get a fully ergonomic keyboard, two sides, right hand, left hand side. So can, this is the thing that I, I would love to have an ergonomic keyboard of the, in the style of the Microsoft Curve, whatever they call it, yeah. that has mechanical switches. But it seems like you have to have sort of like, I mean, just because of how the, like the, you know, the, like the sort of mechanical nature of the switches work, like they can't sort of have that weird kind of curved nature across the surface of the keyboard that's split and sort of different, like across the plane. Like they have to, like the closest you'll get is like the kinesis where it's like two split pieces that are both perfectly like straight themselves, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you can do more custom stuff, but like it requires you to like, you know, roll up your sleeves and get out like a soldering iron. Yeah. And like do some stuff. Yeah, there's some crazy uh, ergonomic DIY kits out there, like the Ergodox, which is what I'll, I'll talk about in a bit. But then you have another type of keyboard called the ortholinear keyboard, which is this other thing where this like PhD... It's, it's for orthodontists. Yeah, exactly. It's PhD, uh, also orthodontist, was like, why are keys set up uh, in a horizontal fashion? Why are they aligned horizontally and not vertically? So if you look at your, your keyboard right now, and any listeners viewing it, you'd like, notice that um, Q and the A, for example, are not aligned. So ortholinear is basically aligned. This is all Cortana's fault. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm, they're using you know, too much sync conspiracy power. going on right now, dude. They don't want the unwise index to meet, dude. They don't want the unwise index. They, don't, they can't handle this. <laughs> this is, this is the, so too having, much just truth. Played, having just played Metal Gear Solid 2, this is the act of the Patriots, the actual organization that runs the United States, the Illuminati, <laughs> that pretty much is just exclusive to America, and they just don't want this to happen. Or 
my backup theory is that Microsoft is spending way too much processing power on Cortana and is not using enough on Skype and the other things that people want. The cloud, uh, dude. The cloud, dude. They need more there's clouds, only, man. They need more clouds. There's only so much vapor you can put in the cloud, okay? <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure the, the vapor is allocated in the right way. Speaking, right, of, sorry, so you were, Cortana, speaking of vaporware, dude. Cortana, Jesus. Speaking of vaporware. Yeah, it's like they, they were going to call the new browser Spartan as well, but they renamed oh, yeah. it Edge. But they really make it milk in that Halo franchise. Like, I think they would they could have done this like ten years ago. But um, you know, always timely Microsoft. Always what, timely. what I never got was like, why are they using the Halo franchise names like Cortana and Spartan when like I, I figure most of the demographic of individuals were gamers is a very small subset of the people who right. use Windows, right? Like. Oh, yeah. Grandpa's not going to know who the fuck Cortana or Spartan is. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool if Cortana appears in, like, my Xbox One interface. I mean, I wouldn't buy an Xbox One because I'm not, I'm not a monster. But uh, <laughs> it's hey like, no, just kidding. <laughs> I, I hear the X-Bone is doing better, but I wouldn't yeah. get a PS4 first. Um, but, yeah, that'd be cool. But, like, yeah, on your computer, like your Windows 10 computer, like, Grandma's not going to know who Cortana is. Yeah. I wonder why I'm just talking to her. Yeah. Anyway, um, so back to back to keyboards. Back to, okay, so like, what? what yeah, so you, there, there's like a deep, deep well here. So yeah. where where did you end up? Where did so you what find happened yourself? was, so like, I I realized that I need a 75% keyboard. My mind was set. It's either 75% or or ergonomic keyboard. And then I found this other site called Geek Hack. So this is, so you got you got your nerds on Reddit, right? Like they're, they're nerdy. They're, they're they're posting pictures of their keyboards. Usually they bought a keyboard and like replaced the keycaps. That's about it, right? Yeah. Then you got Geek Hack. Now these guys to <laughs> to sign up on the forums, you have to answer a, qu- a technical question. Um, and, oh wow! I like this. <laughs> and my question was really easy. It was like, what is uh, what is some? The answer was USB, but you like had to figure it out. <laughs> um, and like, you know, apparently the questions get are tougher sometimes, and people can't even register for the damn site. Um, but this is where like the real dogs talk. All right, these are like the real nerds of the keyboard community. You know what a USB is? You're allowed to. Come <laughs> yeah, on, it's like big dog. Uh, so. I got a geek hack because someone linked to it from Reddit and like if you want to learn how to you know build a 75% keyboard you can do that because originally I thought I was just going to buy a 75% keyboard from someone's used uh, like the used keyboard marketplace on Reddit couldn't find one right so I'm like all right let me let me look into this so I go into geek hack and this is really when the the fascination like grew uh, I spent like at least eight hours one day just looking through geek hack posts and looking at what the cool shit people have built. Um, and they sponsor group buys, so like, uh, kind of like Mastrop, which you can talk about in a bit. But they basically are like, they go to the manufacturer and say, we have 40 people lined up, or 140 people lined up to buy this part to build this specific kit. Uh, and they round everyone up, and they all purchase the parts. And then you got people over there who are actually building every part of the keyboard from scratch uh, and putting up all of their designs and, and uh, online from the PCB to the casing itself. Um, so I went over there and I made my initial post. Because uh, there was this kit available for this greetings, greetings, hello, <laughs> for, for the seventy-five. No, it's a hilarious, hilarious thing for a seventy-five percent keyboard kit called the RS three. This is what I actually ended up building. Okay. Um, so I, I, my first post was like, "Hey guys, new to uh, Geek Hack and uh, the keyboard DIY community. I, I came from the headphone DIY community, which was kind of true. I haven't been in it in a long time, uh, and I'm like, so." And this is where I didn't know very much. I'm like, so you to sneak in that little bit of street cred up front. Yeah, guy. exactly. Not a, it's like, I don't know. Not a, a total nooblet. Come on. And then I'm like, so I had two questions. One, uh, where should I purchase the custom keycaps for the 75% keyboard? Because keep in mind, this is a, as I mentioned at the top, like this is a weird, um, 
format for a keyboard size-wise, so the keycaps are different in, in certain areas. So you can't mm -hmm. buy a custom keycap set and expect it to fit. It's a legitimate question, right? Legitimate question. Yeah. And the second one was, how do I flash the firmware to reset the, uh, reset the format of the keyboard? Because I'm going to be using it on a Mac, and I wanted to switch you know, the command around and all this other stuff, right? Um, first response, <laughs> this, dude, this dude messes me uh, for everyone to see. If you're asking these questions, you shouldn't be here and shouldn't build this. <laughs> like, dude, what the? Do you even know what a USB is? Do you even know what a USB it's like, is? Like, come on, dude. And then uh, I, I'll, I won't speak poorly about Geekhead because then at the following post, they pointed me in the right direction. Because you don't want to get banned and they might be listening to it. <laughs> yeah, right. They pointed me to go to signature keycaps, buy a basic DSA PBT key set, and then told me how to uh, flash the firmware. Um, so then I went through with this, right? And I actually wanted the Ergodox, but I, I, I thought it would be too complex. Um, as my first attempt. Um, so I bought all the parts for this RS3 and, and started putting it together. Um, and went a little overboard with the customization. So I, I got... Uh, you might as well. If you're going to like roll up your sleeves and do this, you might as well go overboard. Yeah. So I put LEDs in there, and the LEDs are mapped to a few keys so I can change the colors. And when they flash, uh, I put in uh, Gatoron black switches that are weighted... Um, so if you're in the club DJing a rave and like you know the color scheme is one way, you can just change your keyboard. So you know your whole DJ your whole DJ setup just on the fly. Yeah, the goofy thing though is like I'm not the best handyman, right? Like I I I, I struggled through it to get what I want. Um, so I didn't have a ruler when I was building this thing. So all the LEDs are misaligned, like they're not in the center on any part. <laughs> like Christmas lights, dude. It's like it's it's, it's a. Like, it's good. Yeah, so I was like, that looks a little off. I messed up installing some of the plates, so the the caps lock key is not a caps lock key. It functions the caps lock, <laughs> caps lock key, but it's a menu key. It's a menu key. And there's a gap between it that you can like look through the keyboard and like through all the parts because it's not set up correctly. So I got this, pretty excited. And I, I, I love the keyboard, but the, the sad thing is, is I, it's just not satisfied. Never satisfied, man. Well, because is it is it is it so is it because you know you can have cooler parts or is it because you're not is it because of the craftsmanship that you your own craftsmanship that you're not you're not happy with? No, see, I, I like the craftsmanship because it's like my own. Like I can look at it and say, yeah. This so is, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't, doesn't bother me. No, that doesn't bother me at all. What bothers me is I knew I, in the back of, back of my mind and, and deep in my heart that I wanted the Ergodox, and yeah. I, it was too complicated to build. And I knew that's what I really wanted to like command the Starship Enterprise with two like clunks of wood with keys on it and typing away with an, with an oculus rift on <laughs> that would, that's the dream dude that that's is the dream, dream. <laughs> like, so like slightly uh dissatisfied uh did you, I, did you have did you have any other back and forth with the people on geek hack this is what i'm interested in like these like these this angry you know swarm of internet hornets that was like you shouldn't be here like did you ever go back and be like you know you started to build up your credibility like how did like did that progress no, see, I, did, I didn't uh, interact after. I, I still go back and, like, view what other people are building. You learned? There, there's some cool stuff, like some really unique-looking things. Um, right. And, like, I, I, it's hard for me to say, but, like, can you be attracted to a device? You got to get Like, I'm looking at these so, so like, That is, like, the cornerstone of many Apple, like, little mini-movies they show during keynotes, which we'll get to, is, like, yeah, you, you can have lust for devices, absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this out there. If your site is called geekhack.com, I don't care how cool you are, how niche you are, how subculture you are, you can't be dicks like that. Yeah. <laughs> Geek, geekhack.com. It's not like you're called, like, you know, like, hey, come on. Like, uh, come on. People are going to stumble across this site. They're going to be able to answer a question about USBs. They're going to get through the foot tour. Yeah. You're like, you <laughs> honestly can't. Maybe it's just this one guy. So I don't want to cast yeah, this Yeah, I think first. it's just this one dude. You know? But, uh, 
but that's that's not you know I I think one I think it's such a special thing, and maybe they feel this too, which is why they were defensive to have like these subcultures still thriving. Yeah, maybe there are like lots of them still, but it's like it, it feels like reminiscent of like an earlier age of the internet. And have, it, like, it might have been since I mentioned I was coming from Reddit. I don't remember exactly, but that might have teed them off because they. I think they have like uh-oh. this adversarial relationship to Reddit because the Reddit mechanical keyboard is. Uh, Subreddit is huge, fucking enormous, and everyone's right, so they're, they're like the plebes. Like, they're like yeah. the plebes coming up. Okay, it's like oh god, fucking Reddit dudes over here trying to learn how to build something, and it's not going to happen. Um, so I think that was their. It's impossible. Perception. You can't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's their perception. I proved them wrong though. I posted a pic. I'm like, oh, that was... and they didn't actually respond to it, but you know, <laughs> they will. <laughs> I put it they will. Not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. yet. They respond to it yet. And like, I so this ErgoDoc, just. God damn, man, it's so beautiful. I really want it. And like, so I'm thinking now, like either... Can you, you can, so there's no way you can just buy this thing? You can. You can. You can uh, so on Mass Drop, every, okay. like three or four months, there's the Ergodox so, like, kit. So, so yeah, explain, okay, let's use it as an opportunity to explain Mass Drop, because okay, this is my understanding of Mass Drop. It is like a, you know, maker, buyer, community thing. Like, it's like you can put, like, cool products up there, people can post them, and like, once you buy, a, once the community buys a certain amount of them, the price drops, Right, right. And like this is like an interesting sort of psychological like thing in my mind because it's like why would I want to like like there has to be some really strong sense of community or some other factor I'm not realizing because like why would I want to buy it before the mass drop like what is the like what is what is my what is my motivation to buy it versus just waiting for the mass drop to happen if it does happen is it like because it might not happen so I, like if I'm interested enough in the product I would just buy it anyway before like the price drops or like, yeah. well, I don't quite understand like the mechanics and why that's a compelling, like like sort of central thing to have for a site. Well, one, one thing is people wait, as you said, one is because the price differential is great enough um, that they're willing to wait. And it's not like some of these are just nice to have niche products, right? Like they, they're not, uh, there's not a tremendous amount of demand for them, but if something goes on mass drop and, um, it's going to be cheap enough that people go in, people are compelled to buy it. But the second thing is, the cool thing about Mass Drop is it's not, these are not just regular items that you can find on your Amazons of the world. Um, these are usually pretty unique uh, items. Are these, like, to, are these like DIY thing? Like people, like people, yeah. people on this site making this? This is like Etsy for keyboard nerds is what you're telling me. Well, it's not even keyboard. It's everything. It's audio file. It's keyboards. It's uh, craftsmanship. It's, it's, a, it's a ton of different things. And a lot of them... This, this, is, this is robo-chic Etsy. Yeah, pretty much. And like the cool thing is that the mass drop people have done it right. Like they have integrated themselves in all of these various subcultures, right? Uh, DIY subcultures okay. and know what they're looking for and then source those deals to the top. I mean, so, that's a pretty cool name. If mass drop doesn't make it as a website, they can have like a great career as an EDM artist. Like yeah, mass drop. <laughs> yeah. And like, so they, the Ergodox comes up as a kit, not fully assembled. No one's assembling these. Uh, you have to build yeah. it yourself. Um, so it comes up in a kit like every three to four months. It's still pretty pricey. You put it together. It's still pretty complicated to put together. Like you have to solder things like that are as small as a grain of rice. Like it's very tough to put this thing together. But once you do, it, it looks incredible and everything is remappable and it's just awesome. Um, Grains of rice, little hands. So I've used Mastrop a few times actually already uh, for a few things. Like I bought a, a keyboard case from it, um, like a carrying case. So is, is the is the idea though that like it's like the people who will buy it at full price before the price declines are the people who are like just interested enough in this thing? So there's like kind of there's like different categories of people who are willing like those that are willing to buy things when they're like bef- like before the price drop and like a flood of people that are willing to buy it after the price drop. Is that like fair to say like they're like sort of early adopters, people who will spend the extra money and like that's well, how the like, this I'm is the just, cool thing is that the early adopter. 
they seed it. So like you won't get charged until the drop ends. So each drop has an expiration okay. date. So if you buy it at the highest price, and yeah. since you bought it and you're commenting on it and spreading the word and other people join into that drop. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were locked into the price, like the, like the higher price. No, no, no. So you I'm, only pay. I'm like, this makes no goddamn sense. Like, yeah, why yeah. would somebody like that? Why would like, anyone start, right, who would start it off? Yeah, you start it off. Okay, and now, then, now, all right, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to drop some mass, dude. I think I'm going to go. Yeah, dude. Uh, gonna, I, just, I just mass dropped yesterday. I bought these uh, patent prints. Like, these people were uh, printing various patents for different cool gadgets and stuff and framing them uh, and, and just like dirt cheap, like 13 bucks. And I needed something to like, I've always wanted to like put stuff in my damn room and apartment to decorate it a bit. So I bought a patent off the um, first Mac, a patent off, a head, off headphones and a patent first off Mac. keyboards. Who, who, is the, who is the Mac fanboy now? I don't have no patent over Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have these three patents, Mac, keyboard, and, uh, and headphone. Uh, it looks pretty okay. sweet. So. That looks pretty neat. Yeah, there's like the I like those and like the exploded um, like old architectural style drawings, like the Leonardo da Vinci style like yeah, yeah. versions of like the I don't know where you can find those. I saw that once though. I would put that up in a room if I uh, found it. Cool <laughs> things and like even if you don't buy anything, like it's still fun to look at it because like me coming oh, from yeah, yeah. headphones, enjoying headphones, enjoying now keyboards a bit, like looking at what else is out there. There's some cool shit out right. there. It's like probably the only mailing subscription that I read like consistently right every yeah, day it comes I mean, in it's kind of like i mean it's it's so cliche to say the word curation in any domain but it's like it is like there are like for people who are interested in like weird you know niche subcultures which is like you know us and like a lot of our friends and people that we know it's like i, I think like yeah things like mass drops still seem novel because i don't think there are there are an excess of great sites that curate and bubble up great things for you every day right. that you're like interested like that like hit the right sort of dopamine triggers in your brain like those like oh that's a great keyboard or that's a great like you know post that's a shirt I would wear. Like, like I think like um, like nerds have a lot of dispendable income in yeah. in, aggreg- <laughs> in aggregate. It's like if you yeah. can find the ways to put the right things before them, like in the right presentation, like there's some cool stuff you can do. Yeah, um, and, and the, the cool thing is also community curated. So I can set yeah. up a vote. I'm like, uh, what is the top, uh, you know, let's say 75% keyboard we want, and the community will vote on like eight different options, and the number one option is what Massdrop then chooses to go out and broker a deal with a manufacturer or multiple manufacturers and set up the actual drop deal, uh, which is pretty pretty damn cool because you get exactly what the community thinks is best for a certain my, category. My, my favorite thing ever would be if when they um, have a given manufacturer like that they have a partner with and like if they achieve mass drop, they like send out an automated phone call to that person when they pick up the phone. It's just like the bass dropping yeah. on, some, <laughs> like, on like some like bass nectar song or something. And that's, how you get, that's how you receive notification that you made it. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a cool site. I, mean, I think that there, there, a lot of people are using it now. Um, and like they've completely pulled which, which a lot of Which means it's bound to go to shit. Like it's too many what? people. It's bound to go to shit. Oh, now. yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. So get in while the getting's good. Get yourself yeah. some DIY. There are a couple of DIY, nice uh, keyboards out there right now and DIY sets you can purchase. Interesting. I will check it out. Um, I think I was signed up for the newsletter, and I was like, it was before I completely understood what the site was about. So I think I unsubscribed because I'm like, I don't know why I'm getting these newsletters. I'm just seeing like keyboards. I'm not going to buy. Yeah. Um, there are other things on there I now know. So, so I mean, the next step for me on my journey for keyboards is, I need to decide if I'm going to drop another large set of cash to get this Ergodox or sell mine. And other things, when you build your keyboard, you can sell it to all the the Reddit plebs at a pretty high value. <laughs> like, like, so you're gonna sell this like this like Christmas light LED? <laughs> yeah, I could I could sell it easily yeah. for like three three fifty. 
Um, nice. And I spent, Damn, that's yeah, good. And I spent like close to 200 on it. All right. Um, All right. So like, well, it's shipping everything like slightly above 200. Um, so yeah, make a decent amount of profit on it and put that towards the Orgodox. But I haven't decided so yet. Like Rick Ross says, making money through different avenues, man. You know, this could be a new side business. <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying. Dude, this is, speaking of markets, dude, like no one has cornered the keyboard market. <laughs> like no one has. Well, is it because like there are enough like hobbyists that they can just like, like you just like what would like, like, is it preferable? Like, is there space enough for one person to dominate this? Like DOS does a pretty good job, right? Like Steel Series, those guys in like their respective slices of the keyboard market do pretty good. I would they do. Think. Yeah, DOS does. I think DOS does it one of the best. So you can like choose your keycaps and uh, the key. Well, you can choose the keycaps. You can choose the key switches. But right. I'm talking like full service. Oh, like top um, to bottom. That and, is true. And, and DOS still, and even the gaming keyboards of the world are still appealing primarily to gamers. Well, I think this has mass market appeal. The second you type on a really nice mechanical keyboard, it's pretty tough to go back. What better way else. to type about ethics and gaming journalism than on a fine mechanical <laughs> exactly. keyboard that you built yourself? Or like, better. I'm envisioning like choosing everything, keyboard size, the casing, flashing the firmware for you, lighting, key switches, keycaps, everything. Uh, all in one. Obviously, it'll be a pretty penny, but I think people would do it. You got to pay for stuff you like, man. I mean, that's something that I've learned probably only in the last like eighteen months. But you got to pay for stuff you like. Yeah. Um, rarely will it come to you without money. Cash rules everything, man. Speaking of which, Apple had an event last week. <laughs> speaking of printing money, dude. Jesus. Spe- speaking of the company that has, so I, I find this just endlessly entertaining that they have so much money that it's become like a problem for them in the like public relations world. Like their investors are like, "You have two, over two hundred billion dollars in cash. Like, what are you doing with it?" And like, no answer they can give short of like, "We are going to Venus or Mars" is like sufficient. They have that it's much like, right now in the bank. It, I think it's over two hundred billion. Like, I think so. A lot Jesus. of it's in offshore holdings, so they have they would it, like they can't actually access the cash because it would get you know like it would be subject to large taxation if they tried to bring it back. So like, there's all these like you know back and forths in DC about like you should reduce the amount of tax so they can bring their cash back to America because like all that cash was made overseas. Yeah. Um, so, but they still have a ton of cash. Like, it's not like this is like like they're hurting without being able to repatriate that cash. I love the term "repatriate the cash." By the way, that's like one of my favorite <laughs> phrases. If I if I have a band, it might be called "repatriate the cash." That's actually that's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, like but yeah. So it's like you know, everyone's like, oh, they might be building a car. Like, could they be building you know like this black project or like that like project? Like, we just don't know about. Like, it's totally dark, and it's like they could be building like ten of these projects on their balance sheet under the R and D line item, and you wouldn't know because they have that much money. Yeah. Like they could all have failed by now, and they would just be like, "Oh yeah, we just spent like an extra <laughs> yeah. like, billion dollars, like whatever." Um, but yeah, the event, no car, no car unveiled. Um, yeah, there was like so again, like you pointed out, I was, I think, yeah, I was, I was quite the Mac fanboy early on. I still read like you know, I think a lot of you know Mac blogs. I'm plugged into that blogosphere. Like I, I call it John Gruber and friends. So it's right, like. Right. Daring Fireball, like Marco Arment, hit site John Syracuse, I like those guys. But like, I mostly get filtered news through them now. Like, I don't, I couldn't make it. This this keynote was like two and a half hours. Like, I couldn't make it all the way through. Um, I'm gonna like watch it in chunks. I think over this next week. Yeah. I mean, the key things were like new iPhones. Yeah, you know it. You love it. You're probably gonna get one if you have an upgrade cycle. 4K video is pretty hot. Like, 4K video was pretty nice. I have to admit, and like the like, weird flash I, thing they did too. Like, I noticed that. They're gonna have oh, that's, that's, that selfie game is gonna be on point. Retina they flash got- like three X brighter than regular flash. Like that, that's a big issue because like I recently was taking a lot of photos uh, at this wedding I was at, and it was it was outside relatively dark. Like, yeah, man, this iPhone game ain't doing it for me, man. I need some better low lighting, low light photos. Like 
Uh, so I'm actually legitimately excited about the improvements so they that's make the every rear, time in photos. That's the rear-facing camera, right, with, like, the 3X flash? I think so, yeah. So the front-facing the front facing one is kind of cool, too, because they say, like, they now have, like, a, like, the ambient sensor now is, like, well, like, I guess sample the lighting conditions, and so like the flash that the screen does when you're taking a selfie or something mm. will actually change tone based on the environment. Oh, right, so, like right. they are they're acutely aware of like you know the Kim Kardashians and others that are like using iPhones to take all of their like Instagram photos. They get like 80 million likes, so um, like they got that game cornered. But yeah, the camera looks really impressive. I don't honestly like like 4K video. Like I can tell the difference when like with like the frame rate stuff. Like when they yeah. switched to like 60 frames, or when they had like the cool. Uh, slow mo stuff. There's 120 frames slowed That's down. Cool. I yeah. think, yeah. but like I can't really tell anymore with like photos. Like it's like you can tell me it was like 25 megapixels. I would not know the difference. Yeah. maybe you can tell. Like you know more about that stuff. No, yeah, like I, I usually can't tell detail because also it determines like the the screen you're viewing it on and a couple other factors involved. But generally, I think the flash that's a pretty weak win. Like they're low light. Because that's where they were failing to all the Lumias. Because the Lumias always had better pictures in, in, in nighttime. Because uh, they just had better. Oh man, you, you remember when you were like, I might get a Lumia phone. I might get a Lumia. I remember those days, dude. <laughs> I would have got maybe, Windows, man. I would have got Windows. Maybe you can but... find one for Mass Drop and it'll drop to like seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. For free, just take them off, man. Taking up too much space, <laughs> like literally. I, they did. To be fair, though, they look like the, they look pretty cool at one point. Like yeah, I was like, if I didn't get if I wasn't going to get an iPhone, like that would have been the second phone I probably would have considered. Yeah, the only the only thing that broke the the camels back for me for the Windows phone was Spotify. Like I'm a heavy Spotify user. They didn't have it. Launch I'm like fuck it, um, Force Touch on iPhone. Force Touch. Oh, yes. that has been has been has been renamed 3D Touch because I realized that Force Touch gives it gives way to way too many inappropriate jokes. So oh yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like it's now called 3D That's Touch. Funny. So interestingly, yeah, it's like it's basically like um, on the new iPhone, like it's this, it's like this pseudo like you feel like you're clicking, but it's like it's not actually clicking. Like it's like responding to the pressure and like simulating a click from like this little engine inside the phone. So like what that means is like you can like it's like a shortcut menu. It's kind of like yeah. a it's like they've not said it in so many words, but kind of said that it's like for power user actions, right? Like I want to hold like this message and see like the you know like actions to do with it. I want to like you can actually do it over like icon on the home screen so you can like just you know yeah. hold over it be like do like take a selfie right now there actually is a selfie option for the camera there's stuff like that yeah I um, saw that. yeah but like one of the things that um so there were a couple like confounding ideas in the lead up it was like oh they're gonna have like you know touch sensitive like haptic feedback like like dispersed throughout the display so it's like when i touch the three on the touchpad like i get a little vibration on that part of the touchpad it's nothing like that i think it's just like the whole phone uh, vibrates oh, right. or like does something in response to pressure, which is cool because it gives you like a whole new set of like, like it gives you like an extra dimension to work with in terms of UI. Yeah. But like it isn't, it isn't like the whole phone like has like a 3D like you know sort of it's it's a uniform 3D feel. Right, it's right. not like original 3D feel, which would be really awesome. Like I mean, when they eventually do that, that would be pretty sweet. I mean, I get but the I, benefit of opening up another set of options for potential power users. Um, like I, it's also not significantly different than you know. A hold, uh, like press and hold for yeah, a long, long period of time. Um, so there's two things. So there's one thing there. There's there's actually two levels to the click. There's what they call the peep and the pop, or so there's the reverse. It's like it actually. It's like the it's like the new Mac, like the really thin MacBook trackpad. Like you can click once and it'll click, and you'll like feel like a pseudo click. Yeah. Then you can click deeper and you'll feel like a second click. Okay. Um, so like you can do like I can see like apps like Twitter and stuff that could take decent advantage of that. But like yeah, like you said, it's basically for like doing things faster. I feel. Yeah. Um, I, I like it on this interface. Like when I use the Force Touch or I mean the 3D Touch on uh, the um, the the new Macs, um, 
it felt, yeah. it did not feel natural to me. And, and, and when I was clicking yeah. around, I didn't like the tactile feedback. They kind of got it, but it's still, I liked feeling something depress and I, my finger sensation could actually feel something depress. And on, on the force touch or 3d touch on the new max, it did not feel like that. Yep. So um, one of the things that I have realized is like the default settings on those Macs don't like there's a setting you can like you can like change a slider bar in some oh, really? menu so it okay. feels like really like a like so one of our friends Charles like did it on his work computer and I was like this feels like a like a click like the other one I tried did not and he's like yeah you have to change this one setting I see. but like yeah, out of the gate I agree I agree with you it's like it felt like much more rigid right it didn't yeah. feel like you were actually clicking well that's good news. Um, I mean I think it, generally though I think it's more exciting for the phone uh, than for the touchpad on the Macs like I I could actually yeah. see this pretty being pretty valuable like jumping to certain options in app by force touching on the app screen or I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty neat. Um, I wonder like, yeah, like, like you said, like what are like sort of the like more creative things I can do apart from just like doing like better menu pull-ups and stuff like that. Like, I think, I don't know. We'll see, but I have a feeling like, on the, on, like I agree, like I agree that like on the phone, it's interesting because at least it like provides something new. Like on the MacBook, you feel like it was a compromise because it was too thin. And like, so they couldn't actually build in like an actual depth clicking mechanism. But on the, on the phone, it's like, well, there's right. actually supplies with something entirely new. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides that, like the phone wasn't like, um, like there wasn't anything that I, I again, I did not watch the entire phone part yet. So like yeah. there might be something really cool that I'm missing. Like the other big thing was the Apple TV, which now has apps on it. And like you can now like I think the, the cool thing is like you can use Siri to search for content like among Netflix, HBO, Showtime, like all the things you have like Siri, show me all the shows of this guy, show me funny right. shows. Right. And like it seems like it's pretty slick. And like they also seem to have finally done what people have predicted, which is like you can do like iOS style gaming. On, yeah. the, on, on the TV remote, OS, yeah, the remote looks cool. pretty cool. Like the the the, the touch surface on the remote. Uh, like I like I like how Apple maintains this aesthetic. Obviously, they went 180 with the pencil, which we'll get to. But they like pencil. this aesthetic of like the touch surface is maintained on multiple devices and it's very easy to interact with. But another thing I'm curious about with the 3D Touch is yeah. now that they're diverting and adding this other level of interaction. Like I know, speaking from experience, both my parents who now have iPhones. When they press something, they're pressing like really hard on it. Like I'm not right, right, damn right. sure they're gonna get confused and like do a force three D touch mumbo jumbo on something. And like it's so one thing work. I'm I'm pretty I'm like ninety seven percent certain on is there will be like a you know a top level menu option to turn off three D touch. That'll be good. Yeah. Like I'm sure they'll be like yeah we can see that people like, I think like they're always kind of um, like for the accessibility features especially right, like they right. always make that stuff like really toggleable. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I can see the exact same thing happening with lots of people I know too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Apple TV looks good. I mean, we'll see how fast the Siri response is. And like, they were they were yeah. showing some pretty wild examples. Like, show me the episode where Billy Bob like gets something like and like finds like the appropriate episode and the appropriate show from like a few. Right, statements. but but like, but you wonder like from a technical perspective, what's like? Does it require Billy? Like, it probably requires Billy Bob to appear in that show description that Netflix has for that particular episode, right? Right. right. And so it's like it probably can like yeah, I can do a full text search of like episode descriptions and like do a best guesstimate based on that. But I, I do wonder like how much deeper that goes. Like, is is Siri doing cool? Um, you know, text search based like retrieval or is Siri yeah. like doing some deep learning shit that like we're not seeing yeah which like, would be that would be very cool, cool. It, it was presented as there's some magic going on like yeah it's like there's it's pulled in from multiple sources not just descriptions associated with this with the show um which would be pretty fucking cool and they should uh, hype that up but i don't know and just generally know. like the search improvements via Siri like i'm still of the inclination when i when i need to find something like i could probably type it faster than how Siri would find and i i don't find the um 
the interaction of me speaking still uh, natural yet. Yeah, I, I very rarely use Siri. I very rarely use Google Now. Very, I, I won't use Cortana, obviously, for a variety of reasons. But like, I, I, there, everyone seems to keep hyping this uh, speaking interaction with devices, and I, I, for me personally, I just don't see it in my day to day life. Yeah, I, I think in the living room it might be kind of a different paradigm because it's like it, you, you don't feel quite as, like it feels a little bit more natural to like. Um, like at least you're in like a you're supposedly in more of like a private space, right? And you can yeah. talk without feeling like a like a crazy person. Yeah. Whereas like if you're out about like Apple has tried all of these things to make speaking to Siri like more natural. It's like you just raise your phone to your ear and Siri will act. I still look like a crazy person when people yeah. realize what I'm doing. <laughs> like yeah. it's like it's not like I'm actually like yeah. So I I agree with you. Like I have never found tech or like voice driven commands like in the car on the phone anywhere to be like the first thing I want to do. Um, because honestly, I don't have a lot of faith. Like I know they've gotten better over time. I think like we both predominantly use Apple devices, which have had a really rough, I think, starting point with Siri. Um, like Google might be a different story, but it's just like, yeah, it's not the first thing I think of when I want to control devices. Um, yeah, we'll see. Like, cause like you can hook up a Bluetooth keyboard, I think to this thing, but it is definitely like an extra step. So they want you to be using that voice for like most of the stuff. Yeah. And they talked about the watch for a bit. They're like, don't forget, dude. We got this, oh, dude, got I, this I, thing. You can kind of tell time. You can send emojis. As a, as, a like, pr- as, a, as a proud owner of the Apple Watch. You still like, thing. <laughs> Where's that right now? Is it on your wrist? It's on my wrist. It is on my Bullshit. wrist. Bullshit. We, 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 need, we need photo evidence <laughs> attached to show notes, dude. I, so I, I will show notes. <laughs> Reminds us that we need show notes, too. Yeah, Good show notes. Yeah. Um, like The key thing is, like, and I was listening to um, Accidental Ted Tech, not accidental tech podcast with Marco Armet, John Syracuse, and Casey Liss. Um, and they were talking about like how they really don't use any apps on the watch right now. It's like they use it for notifications and they use it for like the convenience of glancing at different time zones and like temperature and stuff like that. It's like the out of the box stuff. And like they set a very low bar, right? These guys are developers and they were just like, if we, if this, like running native apps, like all the new features, if they can get us to use one app consistently, one of them actually makes an app for the Apple Watch. And he's like, if they can get us to use one app consistently with watchOS 2, that will be a success. Because like right now, none of us use one app consistently at all. Like I think the actual thing might be the custom complications. Like having like, you know, one of those, you know, a, a part of a watch face that is controlled by a third party, like, you know, web service or something like, you know, for some people, it's like a sports score, or it could be like, you know, the status of your electric car, or like something like I can see, like the glanceable nature, like, I just don't think like having a full featured app is like that compelling a thing on this sort of device. Like, I want to glance at it and look away, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to like be interacting with it for extended periods of time. And like, I think uh, they raised a good point around like, it is like, and it's like, and we talked about this before, it's a satellite device for the phone, right? Yeah. And you have to like always think about it in that term. Like if you think it's something more than that, if you're expecting more than that, you are going to be disappointed. Let me tell you, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> you made a time. huge mistake. I, I do so, think there's something to be said for some of the gesture apps that are trying to come out. Like I don't think Apple, maybe with OS 2, watch OS 2, they're going to open up uh, more of the internal developers to build on. But there's one app on the iPhone that they wanted to work. Uh, I was listening to a podcast about it. They wanted to put, uh, move it over to the, to the watch. Basically what it is is macros via gestures. You would set up your own gesture. You'd say, I wanted to do this, that, or the other. Um, and you just draw on the iPhone, but hopefully draw on the watch and it would do that. That I could see going somewhere. Um, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. That would be interesting. I mean, we'll see. Again, like, I'm happy with the watch as it is, just being like a notification thing on my wrist and like doing some basic activity monitoring and stuff like that. Like, again, the key is low expectations. Just set the bar low. The real um, question is, what, what band are you going to get? They have plenty of bands oh. for you to pick from. Now, so like, I think you know I'm a big fan of Hermes. Uh, so <laughs> luxury, <laughs> no, it's like, you that luxury. 
Well, I, got, I have. I think like I have the black, the black like with the black sport and the black like just cheap band. But um, I don't know. There's like maybe I'll get one of those like red or other bands. Like I don't. I'd be curious to know like what the uptake is of additional bands by people who have bought like one watch and one band. Yeah. Like because like I mean I know like one person who has one additional one, but like that's all I. Seen. How much are um, these bands? Like, obviously it changes, but like, what's the probably like, I think like I think like the uh, fluoroelastomer ones, which Apple will point out to you, is not just plastic, but the plastic that is used in spaceships. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> uh, like, I think they're like thirty nine or forty nine dollars. So it's like that's, not super that's not cheap. That's not terrible. I was expecting more. I thought they were going to really price gouge those things. Yeah, I mean, speaking of price, okay, so now we got to move into the iPad Pro because. I mean, the first piece of price gouging that that hit I think social media when the <laughs> keynote was going on was the was the Apple Pencil, which you know, yeah. props props to them for not using for like trying not to use the word stylus and somewhat succeeding. Um, I think I, everybody I'm talking this Apple Pen would have sounded a lot better than Apple Pencil. Like I'm not sure why they did. like I kind of get the pencil motif because it has like the little charging thing at the top. It has like the yeah. like you know looks like an eraser head. I get it, but like it's it just doesn't sound quite on point, you know. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, 169 bucks for the keyboard, 99 bucks for the pencil. You got to be out of your damn mind. Like, and the other thing is, what I really want to know, no one's done a, a compare and contrast. How do these? How does the stylus interaction on the iPad Pro compare to a Wacom, a Wacom tablet? So I did. I'll link you an article. Um, there was a designer um, who worked at Apple. Does not work at Apple right now, but like used the Wacom one a lot and like worked on the prototypes of this and claims it stands up very well. Um, that's just like one anecdotal point, but like yeah. people like, like, I guess like the, I, and this is like maybe my misgar like a garbled understanding of what I read, but it was like, unless you're willing to invest a lot of money in the Wacom stuff, like you're not going to get a decent product. Whereas yeah. like this yeah. one is actually pretty, pretty good out of the gate. Well, this um, is like, you have this exodus of individuals who were buying Surface 3s uh, with, with the, because as uh, I believe the Surface 3 actually had Wacom compatibility um, and they were using it with Photoshop. So you had a lot of designers going to like 3ds Max and Photoshop because you had pressure sensitivity at the Wacom tablet. Um, obviously you didn't have as many productivity tools for creative productivity on Windows. But if if it's true, if they actually are recognizing pressure, like 128 degrees of pressure with this thing, I could see a lot of designers and artists. I mean, at the end of the day, Apple owns the creative market and they still do. It's true. So like, like that that was the thing that struck me the most. When I was watching the keynote, I'm like, yeah, the pencil, yeah, the iPad is so fucking huge. It has like planets displayed on it. I get it. Like, it's like they're showing all these things, but it's like when they showed like the fade out from the person sketching with the pencil, what the Johnny Ive narrating the video, like from heaven, like he always does. Um, Like, and like they just faded out in the Apple logo. I'm like, yeah, this thing is going to sell. Like, this is like, like Apple, like they're drawing like some hummingbird, like the Apple logo fading. I'm like Apple, like people in this market trust Apple, I think, and like always have. Yeah. Uh, like, like, maybe like they- I have to give it to Windows here. And why? All right. So you got 12.9 inch screen, pretty comparable to the Surface 3. Battery yeah. life now comparable to the Surface 3. Um, all like it, it, it might be lighter, uh, slightly lighter and slightly thinner compared to the Surface 3. A keyboard that hasn't gone through as many revisions as the Surface 3. I can give it to Apple. That's probably better. A stylus that is probably comparable, but the main thing is still running. Uh, it's running iOS. iOS. It's that, not I mean, running a full operating system. And like, why? This is like this. Why would this is that? their gambit, right? This is like their their philosophy that eventually, like the iOS will, like the iOS 
trend, like that will move in and eat away at the productivity and the pro stuff. Like, like they, they've always said, like this is they kind of say it, like you know, sometimes in more couch terms, sometimes in less couch terms. Like, uh, like we believe that iOS and like the iPad is the future of computing, like for most people. And I think this is an interesting step because it, like, this is a test to see, like, can this replace for for like a certain class of creatives, like the bulk of their work? Yeah. Like, like because they've they've kind of like said this thing about like the like, Tim Cook's like I do most of my work on the iPad like I do all my emails like yeah you're Tim Cook you probably do yeah. but like it, it was like they never you never got the there was like a, they never got the feeling there was like a ton of weight behind those words like they were putting in the like like a commensurate like investment into like making the iPad like the thing like you definitely got that feeling from Microsoft like Microsoft you could argue had a more compromised approach by saying we're going to run like a desktop class OS but like you definitely got more of a feeling that they're putting more of their eggs in that basket right and like yeah. they're trying to at least like test whether or not this is the future of how most people work with computers i will say one thing like they need to change their their like media shots of this thing because when they do that like little fold thing and like they showed the ipad at an angle with that keyboard that is the exact angle they show the surface like, yeah, I'm like, that yeah. is a, even the that kickstand is a, looks similar like. that is the surface <laughs> on a keynote display at an apple keynote like that yeah. is um yeah that that they think they probably tried as hard as they could to make that thing look different they just realized like can't do it I liked that uh, when they demoed the pencil, they did a little calligraphy, uh, like the backstory of Steve Jobs, like looking at type from a calligraphy class and stuff like that. I don't know if they that was intentional or not, but that's did they, they did they reference it? I don't think I'm at that. They point. didn't reference it. No, no, no. But that was in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, like they could have gone like completely off the off the off the boat and been like, shown like a 3D animated Steve Jobs. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like I'm okay I take that. back my words. <laughs> with this. I took calligraphy. That, um, that that meme that I saw, I forgot who shared it. it was either you or Mango or someone with the iPad, the iMat, the iBoard. <laughs> like, yeah, I love like, that. Meme. That was great. Oh, uh, it's gonna get bigger, man. And then they refreshed nope. the iPad Minis. That's that's fine, you know, as expected. Yeah, I mean, like the. Like for some reason, I think it goes from iPad Mini two to iPad Mini four now. But like, who who really gives a shit? Like, yeah. it's like you're gonna get like one of the iPad Minis. And you still own your iPad, right? Yeah, I have an iPad Air, so I got that one last year, or the iPad Air two. Yeah, whatever one came out last October or November, I love it. Like, Are you do so that still? Okay. Yeah, so I had like an iPad um, two before, and I think this one was like three or four generations ahead. So they basically it was like the same size, like the nine point seven inch, but it like was way faster um, and was way thinner. And I was like, this this is great. Like, this is like the ideal iPad that everybody wanted. Um, yeah. And like, it's, yeah, I, I, I play Hearthstone on it a lot. I yeah. like, I read, I, read, I read the New Yorker. I read Instapaper articles. Um, yeah. Don't do a whole lot else with it. Um, yeah, my it's, it's Nexus fun- is collecting dust right now. Like, I don't even know where it is, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not good. Like, it, it's a fun device to use, but like, it's, I, I like the way I've, the way I've used it has not fundamentally changed over the past like three or four years of casual use. Yeah. So, like you know, I, I like I, I hear hear people loud and clear on like this could be like the computer for the rest of us. Like someday maybe everybody's using a tablet, but like I don't know. Like I like I think there has to be like more capacity for like you know me to do what I'm doing right now on my computer, which is, like have this Skype window open, have a couple other windows open. Like I think they're kind of getting there with some of the experiments with the UI with multitasking, like split screen, like video in frame and other apps. But it still doesn't feel like you know like again like they're really going all in on trying like to make this the next thing. Um, and, like that's fine. Like Apple has plenty of like amazing advances across their product line. They don't have to try to like and, and the Mac is doing really well, yeah. right? So hey, what do I know? I think what's yeah. next? Like they, there's not they can't do much more innovation it's, here. On, it's the it's the car, man. You think it's so? It's the car. I think. Well, I, I I think that's the biggest thing 
Um, that would require in that the million bucks. <laughs> like, like. It wouldn't. So that's the thing. It probably wouldn't. Yeah. Right. It would require like a decent chunk a of decent change. Amount, not, yeah, Apple, decent amount, not that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, Apple can just be like, "You want to come work for us?" And all these people in like these car, struggling car manufacturers are like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> like, we'll, come well that work was for that uh, Uber like poached was like sixty scientists from Carnegie Mellon's so uh, I, I, automated driving program. We, we should make those, yeah, we should maybe we should do a follow up episode on this because I don't quite know what happened there. Like, I've heard both like the side, which is like they had this great partnership with Carnegie Mellon, and then they like poached some like poached all their scientists subsequently. Yeah. And there was like follow up, which is like no, they actually like had, like they gave a lot of money to Carnegie Mellon. They did. Like, yeah, some they of like gave like five million bucks. To I don't quite know like if it's like what the what went down there. Like, are, is Carnegie Mellon pissed at Uber? Or are they not? Like, um, I think there tell. was an initial article talking about how they poached, and then there was another article about how they made amends by supporting the Carnegie Mellon department. Like, but it was like, uh, like ten million dollars. Yeah, but the reality is that department is like. A, a, like a fragment of what it previously was, like it's it's nothing. I mean, in terms of in terms of the talent that was there, super interesting to see a company like Uber, which is still private investing, <laughs> so, investing so much in like not a moonshot, but like a long term R and D project, like robotic. It's awesome. Car like um, like again, like like I, I don't know, like this is also a topic for a future episode, not to keep punting, but it's like you know the consequence of companies staying private for longer um yeah. and like basically they can do these things with like very limited oversight right like they have like yeah. their board like they are like, at the behest of public shareholders and they can make these seismic moves I'm not saying this is necessarily seismic but like assuming they continue to double down on robotic cars yeah. um and like live out this strange duality where like they're trying to be like the company for the drivers while trying to also obviate yeah. them in the long term. It's, uh, it's like don't worry about the future, guys. You'll you'll have a job, kind of maybe. <laughs> like, we'll see. Don't worry about it. Right now. Don't, don't worry about it. I still love Travis though. This just makes my love for Travis even stronger. I enjoy every interview I watch. <laughs> but you won't go as far as to say you love him. He just uses just no. I, I I really so I actually really like Travis. I just um. Like I don't know, I, I just don't know. I, I, I feel like I'd have to know somebody better to yeah. like say what. <laughs> this is like, from afar. This is like you have to see someone make some of those decisions up close before. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But I agree with you. It's like he's 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 an easy guy to root for. Like yeah. he's doing a really awesome job running that company. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Like again, like having lived in the Bay Area for the past like uh, you know three and a half years. Like when I first moved out there, and Uber was like pretty small. Like I lived in the Sunset extremely hard impossible even to get a cab like if you wanted to get back like you had to have a friend give you a ride which was like a really hard thing to come by if you're all having fun on a friday or saturday yeah like when uber x launched like world changing completely yeah. like it is the lifeblood of like like it sounds kind of absurd i think you know like when we go back home to our midwest like respective midwestern states to say that we kind of just like can use uber to get around i mean yeah. in new york is much better public transit but yeah, yeah. like it is it is like you know the alpha and omega of like <laughs> basically of, of like getting of like if you don't have a car of like doing like quick trips to different places like yeah. um cannot cannot imagine bay area life without it I haven't used Lyft before because I just I don't feel comfortable Dude, with Lyft, it. Lyft is struggling, man. In New York, they're running this deal where anything thing below like 87th Street or 88th Street, which is pretty high up in Manhattan, anything below that's five bucks. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're <probably laughs> losing a ton. That's a and the, the goofy thing is, like, I have used Uber in the past couple of weeks when knowing about this Lyft deal. I yeah. know I can <laughs> I can only pay five bucks. Still didn't use it. Still didn't I use it. I got these kind of sad notifications from Lyft where it's like, hey, you got like a week left with your Lyft credits, like free $25. And like, it'd be like, hey, you got like, you got like four days left, three days left, two days left. It's like, well, we just doubled it. You have like 50 credits now. You want to use it? You have a day. It's like, and I'm just like, sorry, guys. Why do you think like, that is? Why do you think like, because it doesn't make any sense. Like we don't have, uh, outside of like caring about the company per se or 
the experience is relatively the same. The price should so, be the main differentiating factor, but I don't know. So Uber, I think there's a couple things, at least for me personally. Like Uber was the thing I first associated with, like this whole like you know right on demand like trend, this idea. So like yeah. Uber, like I, I feel like that's the first thing I jump to when I think of Uber, and I think of Lyft as like you know a, a, a second uh, sort of. Uh, company in the space, not a competitor or like a copycat. I wouldn't go so far as to say like a copycat. They are a competitor. Like I just don't think of them automatically. Yeah. And I think also like there is, you know, for me personally, like the whole like overhead of like you know the fist bumping and like the mustache rides and like the, all that stuff. Like and yeah, okay, I, they they can think they're all super clever and funny. Everybody knows when you have a mustache in a car, you're making a joke about mustache rides. We get it. Haha, very funny. Yeah. Uh, but like. It's it's like I just I don't think that's like like you just want to get from point A to point B and I think Uber like is very good at just saying like that's what we're providing we're not providing like some sort of community like some sort of like you're not trying like there's not a whole upfront proposition about joining this movement on top of it it's like I'm just trying to get you know to this burrito joint I'm not trying to like you know have have this like crazy social experience on the way there like other people are and I think a lot of people love Lyft because it's much more casual but it's like yeah. I just have never felt like the need to like it just feels like it lays it on a little thick. Yeah, but yeah. the casual um, uh, uh, culture of Lyft is kind of odd. Like one of my Lyft experiences back in Baltimore, I got in uh, to the car, and the guy was like super friendly. The car was kind of a mess, you know. He's like, "Oh, don't worry about it," and like it was all kind of stuff. I'm like, "No, nah, man, there's stuff on my seat. I want a nice experience." I'm so like, at Uber, you don't have that shit. Like, it's of course uh, there's stuff on your seat. It's the sharing economy. He's yeah, trying to share. Right. And like that, it's a little too casual. And I think you're right. Like the point A to point B, uh, no strings attached. Uber gets that right. And with Lyft, <laughs> funnily enough, like the more friendliness comes with more strings. And like, uh, I don't, I'm not in that. Like, so at the end of the day, like Uber, like, I don't know. It's almost like it, it resonates as a more honest proposition. It's like, I'm paying you money. It's an efficient service. It's good. I like it. Like with Lyft, it's like, yeah, there's still a transaction happening here, but you're like trying to introduce all of these other like touchy feely things. And like, yeah. I'm not saying you're doing it out of malice or to be manipulative, but it's like, for me personally, like, I just like, I don't need this to like compute these extra variables. Like, I just need to get from point A to point B. Like, other people, I think, enjoy like having that additional yeah. stuff, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there's also like, uh, so one of, what was the interesting one? Sidecar? Where like, Sidecar is like, you, I don't know if you ever use Sidecar. I never have, but I heard like it was an interesting model where you would put your destination, they would see where you're starting from, and people would actually like bid, like drivers would bid and say, like, okay, oh, cool. I'll take it there for like 20 bucks. This person would be like, I'll take it there for 15 bucks. And like, it actually had, like this bartering, like, it requires you to have like a very liquid supply in order to do that well, yeah. which, I, which I think kind of dried up after a while. I might be wrong, but like, it was cool uh, in theory. Well, same thing with uh, since Uber just dominating so many markets now, they can actually do Uber Pool effectively, um, yeah. Which is which is really nice, actually. Watch out, Muni! Yeah. People are going to be riding those buses. And Uber doing much. cool things like delivering food, like deliver, actually delivering packages. Like I don't know, it's going to be very tough to beat them. Yeah, they're they're actually probably full. impossible at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Like, just stop, we'll, dude. We'll Lift, just stop. Just quit, man. Just quit. <laughs> Just, just let this uh, Uber. Let like, them have it. Yeah, they have like, like they're moving at such a velocity that they had like I think those you know pretty rough encounters with certain media outlets and personalities last year or was it earlier yeah. this year? Yeah, I think and so. like they just again like it was Sarah Lacey and I think a few others. Um, and like I think there was like a lot of you know sort of pertinent and thoughtful context like that to be evaluated with those. But like Uber's moving so fast, people are like yeah you know like that sucked. But like we're like, it's like like the company's moving at such a velocity that like, that stuff just didn't stick, right? Yeah. Um, like, like I think it is. It is a mark of how fast you're moving. If like 
if like shit can't stick to you. Right. Like even if right. even if like you like definitely fucked up and like deserve to have that shit stick to you. It's like don't like, worry, don't worry. Like, we're, we're we're delivering food now in NYC. Just get your food, guys. Like, don't like just exploding. Like raised to yeah. now at now at forty billion dollars, I think. In the latest oh, round. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's true, it's true. Just nuts. Just nuts. Yeah, man. So I mean maybe they'll put iPad pros and Ubers, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I still haven't done the Spotify uh, Uber integration. Oh, you you haven't tried Apple Music yet? No, I haven't tried Apple Music yet. No. Well, I tried it. No, I tried it. I just didn't. I just couldn't get into it. Okay. Um, like I just. I, um, I, I don't know what it was. Like I'm pulling it up right now again. Um, I think maybe part of it was I didn't. I didn't take the initiative to export all my playlists. I don't know if you can even do that. You can't. Um, so like that's. I think probably I didn't have that many pl- playlists, so it wasn't that big of an upfront cost. But like I can see why that would be. Annoying if yeah. you have a lot of playlists. So that was one thing, and just generally, like I felt, um, I felt the search was slower um, than when I previously used to uh, use in Spotify. Like it wasn't as accurate. Like when I would type in titles of songs on Apple Music search, um, it would first reroute back to the artist that had those same words or letters. While in Spotify, it would know that I'm looking for a specific song. So small mm-hmm. things like that. I'm curious if anyone's done like a compare and contrast on search on Apple Music compared to Spotify. So I. W- I will say that, like, it, it, you're probably right that it's worse. I've, at least in my experience, um, but it does. Like, so the thing about Apple Music is it seems to be getting better. At, like again, velocity. It's like it is moving. Like I don't know if there's a lot, of, a lot of comparisons to be made between Apple Music and Uber, but like it is getting better on the back end, very notably, day to day or even week to week. Like it's like like that thing was kind of broken. It's not broken anymore. Or like that search, like you said, like timed out or like didn't return any results. Now it does. Um, so like I have actually found. Um, like Apple seems to be investing a lot in it, like, mm. um, and so like, and like the fact that it's a first party, like a first class citizen, so to speak, on like the Mac and the iPhone, like makes it compelling for me to try. Again, I didn't have a lot of playlists on Spotify. Um, I have been really pleasantly surprised with like the like the curated playlists from like, you know, people like Ezra Koenig and Dr. Dre and Drake and like really good stuff. Like like sometimes they won't even have like it won't just be songs that are available on iTunes. It'll be like remixes that you can't really find. Like I've had to find some of them on SoundCloud or somewhere else. Um, like really good stuff. Like the, I, I think Beats One is pretty decent as well. Like I don't, I didn't have like a lot of expectations going into that. Like I think Zane Lowe is pretty pretty good at what he does. Um, I don't know. I didn't listen to a whole lot of BBC, but I've just been like overall like like kind of with like, kind of like with the watch. It's like I didn't have a lot of expectations. Now I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and the, I mean, I've been. I, I listened to one of the radio shows on Apple Music. It was pretty good. Like, uh, you showed me the Run to Jewels. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was pretty sick. But then, I mean, Spotify answered right away, immediately with the Discover Weekly uh, playlist. And so far, the Discover Weekly playlist every week Monday, you get hit up with thirty songs. Have been astonishingly good. I'm like really surprised at how good they are. Um, so it's going to be hard for me to go away from from Spotify with the the burden of playlist search. Okay, well, I, I just button. I just I just flipped over to Apple Music, and the first thing in my For You tab is Death Grips. So oh yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> They're figuring it out, man. They're figuring it out. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'll try it again because the thing is, I do actually like the look of Apple Music more. Uh, I yeah. like. Here's uh, the thing that I that I, I like the tendency with that with Apple is like you know over time they're just going to be Apple which means like they're going to start to degrade the ability for Spotify and others to compete on features right. with their own first party offering like I just I just have a feeling a funny feeling that like you might as well get on the boat now because now, like right, it's going right. to be it's going to be a bumpy ride it's going to be harder and harder to transition down the road yeah I probably agree with that no also I think like they're going to get yeah that and I also think like they're going to progressively find interesting ways to kind of sort of cripple Spotify and the others yeah 
Well, Spotify, I mean, the issue with Spotify is they had such a golden opportunity, but they've been making mistakes, like removing app, um, all the apps from the, the desktop uh, version but of Spotify. That was so weird. Like, I don't know such if that was because... Like, decision. Like, I don't get it. Right. Like, well, I noticed like certain sites now, like Pitchfork, um, which we both frequent is, because we're both hipsters or whatever, um, <laughs> are like... I like, like it's, it kind of seems like split between the two. It's like here's like you know every song you click or every like new track or album like appears like the Spotify embedded widget. Right. But it's like here's our like Apple Music best of eighties playlist. It's like I don't know. There seems like the, there's like a war on these like sort of cultural uh, touchstones on the internet for like presence of these like different streaming services. I think RDO is just like completely out of the mix. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those two especially are duking it out. I mean, I don't, if, I don't, if SoundCloud had a better uh, interface just generally for browsing music you own or, or streaming music, like I actually really like the way they um, like you know I don't know if people have used the SoundCloud app, but when you're listening to a song, you can fast forward and rewind. Yeah, pretty unique really nice. uh, interaction. I really like that. SoundCloud is awesome. Um, I think, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's like I, I do wonder sort of where it taps out or like what its potential is, given that it sort of is in this. It's like on the other side of the like. It's like the other side of the Venn, not the Venn diagram. Just like the the non licensed music, like you yeah. know mixes. Like I, I use Spotify or I use not Spotify. Sorry, I use SoundCloud as much as I would say I probably use whatever streaming service I'm using because half the music or more that I'm listening to is just like not stuff you can find on. That's not just like released as like you know publicly sellable music it's just like mixes or whatever yeah I mean, i'm curious speaking of like uh public music like has apple music still like you know how beats music made the play that certain artists would only release their music on beats music or whatever the hell that shit was called um, yeah well beats music is now apple music what was the what was jay-z's thing title oh yeah title, title failed man man had, that failed how bad had, you think that people like jay-z and kanye and beyond like you think they would collectively have like the like and they probably do have the collective like PR savviness to know that like the little launch stunt they did where they all like signed that piece of paper like when that like stage with like all of them standing at like these like glitzy podiums like it was just so over the top and it was like we are doing this for artist rights all of us are like multi multi millionaires right like that's what I want to see is like I've heard conflicting uh, evidence on which streaming service is the best for artists in terms of actual money coming in the bank. Um, yeah. And if Spotify, which I've always thought Spotify was trying to do, they were trying to sell artist merchandise on Spotify as another way, another revenue stream for the artists, compelling more artists to go purely with Spotify and obviously another revenue stream for uh, Spotify itself. I don't think Apple Music has that in their current plans or I haven't heard of it while Spotify does. And I think that's a game changer. If they can actually get people to purchase tickets via Spotify, purchase merchandise, shirts, CDs, posters, wallpapers, whatever it may be, right when you're listening to an artist, that would be sick. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't be surprised if Apple Music starts doing that, like because they've like signed like some sort of deal with certain artists, like Drake yeah. and like Ezra Koenig, maybe Vampire Weekend as a total. Like they're like like it's it's unclear like what the extent of the relationship is. Like like right now they host radio programs and they do like some plugs. Yeah. But it's like I wouldn't be surprised that turns into like a merch agreement or like a ticket ticketing thing. Like yeah. Who knows? They've, I mean, again, they've got the cash to burn. They can do all of these things. That's true. That I mean, and they obviously have already credit card on file. <laughs> one click, dude. One click. It'd be really nice. So I mean, it would be ideal, I guess. If they started doing the Apple Music, I'd be, uh, I would probably switch over immediately because, like, the ability to see right when you're listening when the next show is and stuff like that, and purchasing tickets, that would be uh, a huge win. Yeah, there's like a they're like doing like a big one or two like music fests like in the like I think in London and then in New York I think. Or maybe somewhere else. Like so, they're they're starting to host their own concerts. I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at that stuff. 
What have you been listening to recently, though? I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Last yeah. FM. Do you sign up Last FM yet? I have not signed up for Last they FM. They recently uh, just uh, changed their interface, so it looks a lot cleaner and nicer, rather than like the janky thing they've been using for the past like eight years. Um, I, I just I'm looking at it now for a while. My most listened to artist for the past year. Yeah. Any guesses? Death, death no, Grips. No, dude. Death Grips is number two now. Um, Perfume Genius? No. Is it Bach? <laughs> is it like a, is it classical? <laughs> it's Gregorian chants. Yeah, dude. yeah, right. You told me this. Moines de Santo Domingo de Silos. <laughs> Gregorian chants is <laughs> number one. Over 500 plays this year. That sounds, that sounds like a Mars Volta album. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm surprised. I did not realize I listened to it that much more than Death Grips. That's crazy. That's what's cool about this. Like, I like looking at this kind of stuff. Like, looking at what all artists I've listened to. Like, it goes is, that, me. is that what you've been listening to mostly this past week? No, that's the past year. Past okay. week has been um, Fleet Foxes, actually. Nice. Re- re-listening to Help and Swiss Blues. Great album. For me, it's been uh, uh, the Metal Gear Solid 2 theme. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's, it's like uh, redone by um, the London Philharmonic. Sonic Orchestra when they did video games live. Um, oh, also, Ariel, like Ariel Pink's latest album, Pom yeah. Pom. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I've been listening to Harlem Shake like over and over again. <laughs> 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 just that, but, then uh, Keep Hope Alive, the Crystal Method song as well. I only enjoy the Harlem Shake song when I got like a video accompanying it. I will say a special shout out to um, Carly Rae Jepsen for putting out a very catchy album. Everybody's commenting yeah, it's on it. Yeah, pretty good. I haven't listened to it's it actually, it's like It's like one of those albums where it's like she tried to make a really great pop album like in nothing more you know pretentious or less pretentious than that. And it's like yeah. it is what it is and it's great. Hmm. Uh, I've listened to it. And then um, I still listen, of course, to bits and pieces of Currents, the Tame and Paul album. Like, yeah, I'm just, that's, I think that's, uh, that's that is, still probably my top album this year so far. It's, it is real good. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And then, of course, then, then, some, then some Michael Jackson, of course, because no week is complete without listening. <laughs> no week. That's awesome. I listened to. I saw Pretty Young Thing come on. I didn't, like, I didn't see it. I heard it come on in like some <laughs> shop I was in like the other day, and it just made my day instantly better. Like it just rat, Like if it, like if your day is like on a scale of one to ten, maybe I was at, like a seven. It was like yeah. a nine day. <laughs> it's just pretty young thing. I was just like, this is the because the speaker system was good. Like it was just like the right time of day. I'm like, this is so good. Like I, I don't know. I need a few other artists that I can just listen to one of their songs. It was just like, I just feel instantly better. Yeah, I'm like that for MJ. I'm like that for Sifion songs as well. Like whenever Sifion comes on somewhere like, yeah. randomly at a coffee shop or something, I'm like, man, this is this guy knows what the they're doing. The problem is like with few like Sufjan songs are not upbeat like most of the time. Like there are some upbeat songs. Yeah. But it's like MJ. It's like you have the like, yeah, you love the song. But it's also like it's like man, this song is great. It makes me feel good. Yeah, you feel like moving, dude. Moving your head. Sufjan's like you know, like, like the John Wayne Gacy Jr. song. Dude, I can dance to John That's... Wayne, dude. <laughs> Do a little sad dance. <laughs> <laughs> a little sad dance. Tear up a you bit. Should... <laughs> is Sufjan doing any shows? Is he like is he out and about in New York? Dude, I don't know, man. That guy's gone off the deep end. You go find like. Oh, that's true. He lives in Brooklyn. I could probably go find him. Just the thing is, like, I haven't listened to him in a bit, man. Like, I haven't listened to Acoustic Folk and, like, Sufjan in a long time. Until the Tame Impala album came out, like, I think, um, yeah, Carrie and Lowell was, like, my favorite album of the year. That was, yeah. I I just thought it was so, like, you know, distilled essence de Sufjan. Like, it was, like, real real good. It grew on me. It definitely grew on me. It's oh, no, all I, I take that back. Tame Impala is not my favorite album. I forgot Powers That Be came out this year, not last year. Um, is that a is that Death Grips song? Script, yeah, about Powers That Be. <laughs> I, don't know, I just remember the album with a dick on the cover. Sorry. <laughs> no love. Dude, I, was, I wear my No Love Deep Web shirt. No one's wrecking it. Uh, see, I, I, I uh, 
Does I it have a, by... it the same sensor dick on it? <laughs> no, no, no. It just says no love deep web. Okay, uh, <laughs> but I, I noticed two people wearing death grip shirts. Uh, I, like, I just like walk outside uh, near Times Square where I work um, and then back in the East Village. And I always compliment people. I'm like, hey, awesome death grip shirt, man. I'm like the one point of human connection where everyone's just not talking to anyone on the street. And no one is like, they're like, oh, hey, they like think I'm a weirdo. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I thought this is like a connection, dude. We're connecting yeah. on death grips. But no one has uh, approached me yet with my No Love Deep Web shirt. That's what I'm kind of hoping, though. I'm trying to make a, trying to see, like, I'm walking down No Love Deep Web with my headphones and someone, like, points it out and we have a friendship and, you know, who knows? That's actually the real reason we made made this podcast. If anybody out there would like to say hi to Monik because they like (laughs) Death Grips as well. Instant friend. Um, We don't don't have an email address, but we do have a Twitter account now. Oh, we do have an email address, right? uh, Oh, right, we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Send it to theunwiseindex at gmail.com or at theunwiseindex because Twitter, you know, you're not going to email us. You're going to tweet at us. You're going to tweet us. And then we're going to retweet. Tweet. And then we're going to favorite. And they're going to favorite it. And then we get you, some uh, followers, dude. And they can just so send a note saying, stay noited to Monik. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> if, if you also uh, don't, don't like human contact when people approach you about death grips, um, no, it's like I, I, I did. I think I kind of fell into that camp where I listened to Death Grips for, like that one album that has um, uh, what is it? I, I've story. seen footage. I've seen footage. Yeah, the Bunny Story. Uh, yeah, and I've like listened to like a few of those tracks that like are more catchy, but I haven't like, you know, what is it? I've, I've done the intro, but not the not the medium or the deep cuts. Yeah, and like I yeah. feel like, I just it's just like a time and place thing. I just got to spend the time. I think with it, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, it's definitely it's not for everyone. <laughs> like, like why? <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think I could dig it. Like I, I yeah. get like the sort of paranoia, like sort of like you know, m- you know, hyper kind of schizo aggressive. Like it, it's cool. Like it's just like oftentimes I just want to listen to PYT and just like <laughs> come on down the street. yeah. I mean, the thing about the new album though, for Powers That Be, it 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 was different than the other albums, which were very aggressive. We'll probably do a music chat at some point, some podcast on music. Oh, we uh, got a different episode, but like very briefly, like the Powers That Be wasn't. Uh, focusing on paranoia or suicidality or aggression or all this stuff that they usually talk about, it was more very life affirming. Except, yeah, actually, that's not true. Except like the second last song is pretty bad. But for the most part, it's uh, you know it's MC Ride yelling that he's taking control of his life. It's his life to lead, um, and he's uh, fully responsible for it. And he feels, uh, as he says, beyond alive with this freedom. That's, that's some killer lyrics, dude. That's some killer lyrics. Yeah, like I said, like, Death Grips is always on the table of things I want to listen to in more depth. Um, but it's just like one of those things where like I have to allocate like the proper amount of like mental like RAM to do so. And it's like I just yeah. it's like one of those things where like it it just gets slotted to the bottom of the list of things to do because like ah, I just don't have like the I'm not, I'm not like in in the mode right now to just like spend some quality time with Death Grips or like one of those artists that I want to just dive into. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also seeing what a crazy person it's made you. So like I don't want to. <laughs> 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 Don't want to follow that. Yeah. And I've also listened to the Prodigy Old School uh, oh, beats. Nice. I forgot how good they were and how they like. They, 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 these guys were pioneers, man. Like Voodoo People, Minefields, like the album Fat Land. They were, I mean, if you ever see videos of them, these guys are batshit crazy. Uh, they, they're just very out there. Uh, and their music reflects that. But if you look at uh, recent EDM or IDM albums, um, I, they can't say that they weren't not stealing, but they they definitely were paying respects to Prodigy. Interesting. I'll have to do my research then again. Another 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 corner of the of the music verse that I'm ignorant about. So 
Um, I'll add it to my list, my growing list. Add it in. Dude, we got TV shows, we got games, we got music, we got a lot of stuff. And we only <laughs> you, can, you, know, you can do all of this. You know, we can wrap this all together. If I can order an Uber on my Apple TV, I can do everything we've talked about on an Apple TV. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> TVOS, make it happen. Yeah, we got we got an hour twenty five locked in right now. Hour twenty five, damn, and like it's it's dis, it's disjoint too. So you're gonna this hear true, like that's true. That's true. I'll try to I'll work some editing magic on this. We, we should try to like mix the segments up so like people try to like it's like where did like the cuts happen? Like it's like one of those like you know stories where it's like oh, this is in the wrong order, but it's like kind of like artistically relevant because <laughs> it's like because of the, because it says something about. How we're all confused about the order of things. I don't know. Uh, we can say right now, you know, you think we're just rambling. We got pieces in the index here that I've written down every resurface. Word. Like, every word that I've said has been written down. Yeah, every laugh, everything's been codified, you know. And three and years was, from now, when you go like, oh shit, episode was, one, they called this shit. <laughs> like, it, was, it, was, it was handed to me by the Patriots, a.k.a. in Metal Gear, the Lale Lule Lo. The Lale Lule Lo, dude. I still gotta, I still gotta watch the YouTube stuff you mentioned. Gotta watch it. Well, like, it it's all the, all the, all the great buttons that we all love about like cyber dystopia, like you know, like conspiracy. Like you would love Metal Gear stuff. It is so absurd. Yeah, um, did you, uh, did you talk to any of the West Coast folks about being a um, guest? Have they listened to it? They, they haven't yet, but um, I have to imagine they're not too busy, so we can probably <laughs> <Yeah>. just ask. <laughs> no, dude, we got I, we we decided last week we got to be steadfast. If they don't listen, steadfast. they yep. can't come it's on. True. Oh, right, right. I mean, we sent them a Dropbox. <laughs> it's like true. the easiest way to listen to anything. So, <laughs> right. if they haven't listened to this yet, well, maybe what I'll there. do, uh, I'll set up the site today, uh, and then wait, they can they can listen to it. Okay. Yeah, I think I think well, maybe one of them has. Um, what about you? Said you you gave some shout outs last week as well. Yeah, I, well, I haven't sent it to Sam yet and the other folks. I only sent it to. Um, it's only so. It's only so much time. You guys can be early adopters. You gotta. You gotta get in. <laughs> yeah. We're giving you the opportunity to be the first among the first. Put the shit this shit on your resume, man. First listener of, of this. <laughs> you're an early member of this movement, um, the unwise indexed movement, um, and we'll come up with a better name for it. But we'll have merch. We'll have. <laughs> Yeah, dude, we got to start making some cash off this thing, man. Get some merch, get some sponsors, I mean, and we, we got to start. We got to start each episode with our sponsors. I, I expect royalties from Apple, Uber, all the people we. What would be your? Who would be your ideal sponsors for the unwise? Advice? Ideal sponsor. I'm not ideal sponsor. Um, Hideo Kojima himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just being like this highlights all of the absurdities that I reference thematically in my games. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I don't know. Who would I want to sponsor this thing? I mean, I, I'm going to think uh, I would want Squarespace. Cause then yeah, Squarespace, Squarespace. Absolutely. I mean, Squarespace like, sponsors like thing. We get, they get free site maybe. Um, get a little Audible action up in here. Get a free yeah. Audible account. I'm just thinking things that will benefit me, right? Like <laughs> we get Squarespace. Don't spend on Squarespace. Mass drop. Audible, free Audible. A mass drop. Free mass drop <laughs> stuff. There we go. We got our top three, top four. Done. Just make a list of all the things we reference. I wonder, like how I wonder how tough they are if we approach them, you know, and like, this is what I noticed, like, remember, I don't know if you remember, like, back in college, I did uh, uh, two interviews of artists, and all I had to do was, like, oh, right. know, their, um, their press person, and we were like, yeah, you know, want to do an interview, I'm affiliated with X, X uh, you know, I was affiliated with Hopkins at the time, and it was like, yeah, too. sure, and like, I had no experience, no real credibility at all. So I'm wondering if we approached Squarespace for like a sponsor code, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think they'll check in on it. We'll be like, we're on West Index. We got episodes. You know, we're on iTunes. Done, dude. <laughs> like, well, there's like, yeah, there's like, well, I think there's there's a difference there. I think probably we can probably get a sponsor code, but we probably yeah. like wouldn't get like a sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, until, yeah. Well, yeah right away. Well, we might. We're like, I'm not gonna put that negative energy out there without a caveat, which is like, not yet. Like, I think. Well, the problem is like, I feel like they sponsor enough podcasts. Maybe I'm totally wrong about this. If you're listening, Squarespace, let us know. But it's like that, like you have to like sort of fill out a, like a cookie cutter form, which is like you guys talk about X and hit Y demographic, and okay, we'll look at it. Then. Okay, cool. But it's like, um, like how can you bucket what we're talking about? How can you bucket this? And this, I don't even know if we can parcel out the demographic, man. Like this, the unwise index is for everyone and. Anyone, everywhere, you know. Like, like my, my eventual goal and my plan really is to make this like an entry in the Library of Congress when we're done with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after we're both long gone, like what would be, be the demographic to... though? People who would enjoy this? Um, other twenty somethings that don't know don't know what they don't know. Don't know what they don't know, and trying to do them, you know. Trying to do them. <laughs> <laughs> they are trying to do them. Not just to be clear. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like that. I don't feel like I think it would probably be one of those drop-down menus where it's like culture, and then it's like the second the second drop-down is like blank, or it's like general or something. It's like yeah, you know. Um, I mean, like we we can we can figure out we can figure out these sponsorships. I think that's gonna be our new goal. We'll track it with the, with the listeners every week. Our, our quest, yeah, our quest for sponsors. Just figure out we'll, how. We'll end, yeah, we'll end the episode with our sponsorship trials and tribulations. Yeah, we'll be like, emailed Squarespace this week. Have not heard back yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be recurring. Yeah, listeners are going to be excited. You're going to hear the same story every but week. We, we expect uh, ideas from the, from the viewers um, on how to get sponsorships if we're not doing a good enough job. <laughs> <laughs>